bubble, bubble, I'll bubble. I'll take another drink. <laughs> I'll take another drink. Hallelujah. Bubble, bubble, I'll take another drink. Oh.
with us. You guys hear that out there? Our love Minneapolis choir.
rebuke the hell out of you. Ha ha ha. That's enough fun for one sermon. Now let's get serious. Spend some time weeping for the lost. You know, God lets some of the angels go completely bonkers on his joy. <laughs> angels of the wine cellar. Oh, man. Angels that haven't stood on their feet for an eternity. Just sitting on the floor, drinking. Constantly drinking and joking and laughing. High and drunk all the time. And that's what we need in the glory. That marriage wine, that marriage joy of the Lord Jesus Christ in this place. Hmm. Amen, amen. Good to see everybody. You guys having a good day? Alrighty then. <laughs> <laughs> it is a day of greater glory. It's a covenant promise that if you're in your spirit, you'll always go from glory to glory. So today, as a public confession, let us all just say, I yield my soul to my spirit. I yield my soul to my spirit. Oh, it's gonna be interesting. <laughs> That's all the remnant of the day the Lord is. Bob Jones called it blue versus gray. Like a blue whale in this place. Amen. Final destination, everyone in the belly of a great fish. In the belly of a great fish, ministries worldwide, international. <laughs> Global, intergalactic, big fish bellies. Which is living in the baptism of the cross of Christ crucified to death. Uh-huh. It's heaven through the death of Jesus. That's living in the whale. Living in the whale symbolizes someone whose soul is completely controlled inside a big fish. You guys know who the biggest fish is? You read Ezekiel 47? Everyone in the kingdom's a fish in Ezekiel 47. Guess who the biggest fish in the river is? Yo mama. Your mama's so fat, she has her own area code. Your mama's so fat, she's got a smaller fat woman orbiting around her. No, 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 all jokes aside, the biggest fish in the river is 
Jesus! Jesus, hallelujah. Well, glory to God, hallelujah. Believing believers in the river. You guys think it's a saltwater river or a freshwater river because you can't have both? Is it saltwater or freshwater because you can't have both, Jesus said? No, it's a glory river. There's no salt in the river, it's just light. So stupid. It's not even water at all. It was a trick. It's true. The elements are all melted in heaven, so as you know it, there's no water in heaven. There's, a, there's only glory. That terminology exists for transforming your mind into a dimension where your spirit's in control and doesn't have to figure it out. That's why it gives you little puzzle pieces that your brain can attach to and attribute them to God through experiences of his spirit, which is called growing in faith. Jacob's ladder. Eventually on the mountaintops of Jacob, Isaiah 60, that's the final resting place for your soul as you go from glory to glory. And then when you're on that place, that high and lofty mountain, where Satan showed Jesus all the kingdoms of this world, and you're there through the living water, through the death of Jesus, not through the devil, not through the seven mountains, not through effort and strife and strange fire and the sweat of your brow, but you're there through the works of Jesus and the leadership of the Holy Ghost. From that place, you bring the floods out of your spirit and you drown everything under your feet and you will walk on water that you've released, which is your faith, over the mountains of the natural realm all the days of your eternal life in this world. Amen? So that's the future you have in Christ Jesus. Amen. Glory. I asked the Holy Ghost what he wanted to do tonight. He said he wants to take you deep diving in the sapphire sea. Deep diving, taking the brain, anchoring it deeper in the blue in you. To say the blue in you, the blue in me, the deep blue sea of Christianity. That's what it is. It's Christianity is living waters. The only thing Christian here on earth is living waters. The demons tried to make it some dry thing, some sand thing, some pyramid thing, some self-effort thing, some strange fire soulish thing, some goat thing or whatever. But it's always been living water. The expression of Jesus has never changed. The Bible says, I am the Lord and I change not. I am the same yesterday, today and forever. The living water can't change because the living water is God himself. You know what's changing? Our minds going deeper in the yieldedness to the living water. The knowledge of the glory is the water that shall cover all eyes that see. Which is sorcery. 
Living by the five physical senses is practicing witchcraft. You don't have to go into some magic bookstore. You don't have to be a wizard of the coast. All you gotta do is live out of your natural senses and by default you're anointing in the natural realm. That's what witchcraft is. Witchcraft is living naturally and not by the living water, which is righteously. And the righteousness of Christ was a great fountain, and there were many fountains of wisdom around that fountain, Enoch 48. Might read it tonight, we'll see how it goes. Barely open my eyes right now. Got that squinty glory. Looks like you've been smoking the good stuff. <laughs> Thai Stick International Ministries Worldwide getting jacked up on some Holy Ghost Kush. Amen. I tell you what, the only ones having a good time are the ones that have learned to drink and get high on the blue waters of Christ. Everyone else struggling, getting weird in politics, worried about the FBI and Key Largo and crap like that. You hear what Donald Trump got on the golf course? Man, did you hear what the living waters did with your freaking brain? I mean, that's the real talk. You hear about the blue whale swallowing you and controlling you in eternal living water? You know, the enemy is losing everything and we're still distracted on 187,000 IRS agents hired by a reptilian deep state son of Lucifer. I'm just making fun of your unbelief right now on Mount Carmel. Because that's my job. To get high and drunk and mock our enemies on Mount Carmel every day until all the false prophet of Jezebel is thrown off the cliff and destroyed by what? What did he have up there? Fire and glory. Fire and water. He had water from below and the fire from above and they're both supernatural. They're both precious. Dousing everything in water. Elijah's always in the water. Elijah's got all the water. He's messing with the rivers again. He's chugging up gallons and gallons of water up on Mount Carmel, drenching everything. Everything's a water park to the spirit of Elijah because the spirit of Elijah is the living water. That's what living water is. It is the crystal sea. It is the spirit of prophecy. It is the testimony of Jesus. It's how he ascended into the cloud full of rain. It's how he reigns from the right hand of God in Zion. Zion is a mountain of living water. And the only ones getting saved in this day are saved through water. Hebrews chapter 11, it is written. For these are the days of Noah. And we are understanding through drinking that our mind can go deeper in the ability of the well of salvation in our innermost being. And then flooding our personality. We need a personality transplant. Our joy is about the level of manic depression. You need joy 
so strong that the angels get drunk around you. That angels have a hard time doing their assignments because there's so much anointing coming out of you, they just get whacked. They get blasted. You know, if you make your angels laugh, they'll spill the glory all over you. You'll feel their wings. It's like making good mistakes. You get so whacked that stuff just drips and spills out. You read about some of that activity in Heaven Awaits the Bride by Anna Roundtree. The angels just goofing off and flying around, spilling stuff. But it's all fun in the glory. And nothing's wasted because you're just wasted. It's not a serious thing. It's a joyful thing. And it's just taking your soul into that joy and getting set free from appearances. Some of you actually care in this room. I know a couple of you don't. What others think about you. You think your neighbor maybe has some power over judging your appearance of good. If your neighbor's doing that, your neighbor's a reptilian devil. They're like, that reptilian stuff, that sounds like Alex Jones. No, it's the ancient red dragon primal evil. Last time I read dragon, that means reptile. You read about the serpent in the garden? Last time I checked my, my biology book, a serpent was a reptile. So if serpent can tempt a man, what's man times serpent? Reptilian. It's totally as biblical as biblical gets. What's being dissolved in the gray matter of heart and brain of every believer on planet Earth is the reptilian nature. You know how they're so easily brainwashed to do stupid crap, just riot, burn down 190 buildings in Minneapolis and destroy all their own stuff and just always dumb crap, animals pooping on themselves, animals killing themselves. Why is it such a freak show on Earth? Because of the reptilian nature. It's because the fallen angels can do anything through that sinful nature. God the Father told me today in the looking at this whole mess, he said, I'll bring as much water as there is dirt. And what's serpent food? You read Genesis in the garden? The dust of the earth, you'll crawl on your belly and eat dust all the days of your life on earth. So the fallen angels were bound to the dirt. Peter calls it the elements that melt like wax. It's simply the natural realm. Good thing you're born again of the glory realm and you overcome it at birth. You overcome the devil at birth. It's not something you strive for afterwards. You're actually returning to your first love of the impartation of the overcomer that was imparted into your spiritual stomach the moment you first believed in Jesus. That's why he says, return to your first love. Return to the victory of the love of Jesus. When you add effort to the impartation of salvation, you get further and further away from God. And that's why they get frustrated, burn out, and I can't walk with God anymore. I guess I can just go drink alcohol and find pleasure in the flesh. You know, that's how the demon wins. But if you have faith and are around people of faith that live in the water, then you're constantly refreshed and you won't go astray. Get set free today. In the spirit of prophecy. Come on. Give your demon a drink. <laughs> Give him the wrath of the lamb. 
Give your reptilian body a drink of glory. It's like, I can just hear the, the unbelief in the background saying, this is why your numbers are so down. You say the craziest crap. No, it's, it's the truth anyhow. It's the truth. We get drunk and we tell you the truth in a real and raw level without watering it down because we don't care about people pleasing. I care about building up the spirit in raw power, in sheer power, so it works in reality. And if there's any respectability or this performance thing in ministry of what it has to look like to raise finances and grow numbers, it can die and go to hell. Because it's that kind of Babylonian Christianity that's caused us to be oppressed by the fallen angels for so long. Like, we care. We care about the opinions of man, the respectability of Christian ministry. No, we care about getting drunk at the bar, manifesting the sapphire sea violently, and bringing up a sapphire storm from our spirit to whack the gray matter out of the human brain. Literally to dethrone Satan. You know, this is how you pray. We need to learn how to pray just to make it today. MC Hammer, remember that? I need to pray. Pray, I need to pray just to make it today. <laughs> Glory, hammer time. Hallelujah. Yeah, oh, getting hammered. Hammered and enamored in the glory. There is a great encouragement in the drunken glory today. Give us today our drunken glory ecstasy rapture. When we started the drunken glory movement in 2008, there were three main rules. Three rules. Get whacked, stay whacked, and don't go back. Yep. Which means stay in the river. Don't leave the living water in the river. You're just constantly blitzed out of your mind. Don't go back into logic and reason. All temptation, once you start to get controlled by the big blue whale, which is the river of life, is to go back into logic and reason. It's called adding unto God. Because the beast is tempted to blaspheme, which is add addition additions to the finished sacrifices of Jesus Christ. We are the passive, dependent recipients of salvation. I do nothing, I know nothing. Father in me, do something. Father in me, know something. I know nothing. Amen. Amen. Give the Father the glory, which is give him the reins of your mind. Sometimes you just got to get out of your mind. You know, you're only in God to the measure you're out of your brain. That's what the Bible says. You say, I'm in God, I'm following Jesus, only if you're out of your brain. If you're in your brain, you're not. You're following your own logic and reason interpretation of Scripture. It's unbiblical. It's not the river. It's not God. It's you. In order to get into God, you got to get out of you, which takes getting drunk on love. Shaka shakar in Hebrew, which is a commandment, drink and be drunk on agape, which is drink and be drunk on the cross. The cross that annihilates the control of the fallen angels through man's soul. 
That's what drunkenness is. It's crucifying your senses to the possibility of the powers of the air controlling you. Amen. Jesus. Holy Ghost. Yeah, so we're pioneering that through the human skull. And it's as ugly as ever, actually. Pretty... A lot of resistance to the living water. It's surprising. It's the only thing that can help you or save you. But what it does is it erases you, and people think salvation is fixing up the soul. That's not. That's blasphemy. Salvation ain't fixing up the soul. Salvation is crucifying the soul so that Jesus is all that's left in there. So I'm not looking at me anymore. There's no more me. I can't see me. It's Christ who lives through me. The life I now live, I live by faith and victory. His eyes have crucified my eyes. I'm not looking at myself. If you still have the ability to look at yourself, then Jesus hasn't slain your mind enough. You have to let the cross and the preaching of the cross, which is the Word of God, the anointed Word, slay your ability to see anything. To see anything. You know, we, we think we see, but the Bible says we're blind, pitiful, poor, wretched. I like to identify with wretchedness. You know, just a miserable old wretch on the drunken glory. So that part of me is so dead, all that's left is the living joy of Jesus. No doubt about it, that sinful nature that was reliant on self and the world and external things that had no understanding of my own spirit and God's ability to save our spirit. So we were in total gross darkness until Jesus came into our spirit and showed us the way, the truth, and the life. So now it's just, it's so much light in the spirit, there's understanding in all things. Nothing should surprise you, it is written. You have Christ in you, an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. I don't know. Jesus lives in your spirit. You, you have the internet in your spirit. A Google search engine of heaven in your spirit. What are you searching for? It's in there. It's in God. God's in you. Victory is believing in God in you. The victory of the Antichrist is denying that God came into your flesh. When a person is completely gone to the religious spirit, there's all denial of Christ living inside the human flesh. Like, we're not the body of Christ. The stars are the body of Christ. That's when you're fully gone to the devil. That's as bewitched as it gets. The sky is full of Christ, but he doesn't live inside my body. That's the full working of deception in that person. And you're dealing with that everywhere in American Christianity. Christ is up in the ceiling of my church. Christ is probably walking on the roof right now. You know, that's what people are like when you go to church. They're worshiping Jesus in space. Maybe he's on vacation to Mars and Pluto. Maybe he's on Uranus. Another group of 14-year-olds as a science teacher introduces the planet Uranus. 
Here we go again. It just shows the maturity level around here. Uh -huh. You gotta hide the paste. Hide the paste. Go, you go to Target and get those little things you have to put around the cupboards to lock the cupboards up. They go in there and they start drinking the cleaning solution. I'm huffing the Sharpies. Eating the paste ministries. Huffing the Sharpie Ministries. Oh no. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Help us drink. Help us get high and drunk. Glory. I hear the Holy Spirit saying, Times of refreshment have come from the Lord. I hear the Spirit saying, Pay no attention to the works of the enemy. It's illegal to look at what the enemy's doing. Now, if you're looking at Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith, he will give you insight through victory at what the enemy's doing, so you're not unawares of the wiles of the devil. But if you're looking at the devil, you're not coming from the perspective of victory. And that's the temptation. Then you get into the soul and how to defeat your enemies that have already been defeated. If there's an idea of defeating your enemies in you, you're already, you've already lost. Because Christ defeated him at the cross already. You can't defeat anything. You get into Christ who already defeated everything. And that is in the Bible. You know, we read it. But I am not so sure we understand it, though. There's no verses in the Bible on victory. We've lost. test you with the bad report, you know? Get that junk out of here! Bring the shield of faith in here when they start throwing onions and tomatoes. Nice try. It was, it was a joke. It was a joke. Okay. That's pretty wild tonight. Ha 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 ha. Glory. Let us all encourage ourselves in the Lord. When you're feasting on victory all the time, it's just joy like a river. I've got joy like a river. I've got joy like a river. I've got joy like a river in my soul. I've got joy like a river. I've got joy like a river. I've got joy like a river. Oh man, that was beautiful. That's a voice only a mother could love. Yeah. And she's she's grinning ear to ear right now, looking at you. That's my boy. I'm so proud of him. 
Shaba. We love you, Holy Ghost, in this place. Refresh and encourage every soul with living water. With the victories of the Lamb of God. Joy will break you through anything you're dealing with. You know how the enemy wins? He gets you serious and focused in defeating the enemy in your own strengths. If I read my Bible enough, you know, a lot of people think they can defeat the devil by fasting. No, the devil's already defeated. You just need to defeat you. Just get out of the way. The river is the manifest victories of Christ fully finished in every believer's spirit. The reason why we don't experience it, victories financially, victories in business, victories in relationship, victories in purity against immorality, victories in spirituality against religiosity. The reason why we don't experience it is because we don't have the knowledge of the living water. We don't understand as a Christian people yet in the world that the living water is the manifest victories of Jesus Christ over everything in the world. The living water will restore everything in the world. But we need a people in the living water flowing in it like fish you know if you have a mantle and the and these days a mantle will be gills this person lives underwater this person flows in the river each ministry in ezekiel 47 the spirit told me is a ministry each fish is a ministry in the different sizes and types of fish, each one in that river is a different ministry on earth today. So all different shapes and sizes, you need that at first. You need that because the animal only goes where they're comfortable, as you can see really well with this ministry. This ministry makes me extremely uncomfortable, so I'm not going into RLM. That's what they say. So they go someplace where they're comfortable. So they go in some other fish. Who cares what fish they're in? As long as you're in the river. But you know how it works. When a bigger fish comes around, it just eats it. And it becomes this one big blue whale. Soon the river is just going to be head to tail blue whale. Of heaven to earth. In one That's the apostleship of the 12 apostles of the end times. The apostles of the Lamb, which are the 12 gates of New Jerusalem, the Bible says, those impartations have been passed into a 12 every generation since the 12. Because it's written in the Word, so it has to keep growing forever. The Word remains forever. So what is the Word doing forever? Continuing to grow forever inside men and women's spirit. So if you go into heaven and you begin to watch the history tapes in heaven, you will see how each apostle's mantle, anointing, and gate and pearl of the new Jerusalem, the eternal Jerusalem, has continued from generation to generation to perfect the initial impartation of perfection of Jesus Christ into the 12. Yeah. Today I looked at my phone. First time I looked at my phone today, 12, 12. Mm -hmm. got, a, got a snapshot. 
And I said, oh, but there's no date on it. It was like, oh, because we're in eternity. Oh, yeah. Eternal 12. What's 144,000? 12 times 12. Which is the maturity of the original 12's impartation. Their work was not finished in their day. Most of them were decapitated. That's not victory over the world. That's the devil having victory over you. But their spirit, their words, their anointing, their wisdom continued every place they ministered. All of that impartation, all like Bob Jones said, all the wisdom down there came through these men. And it continues to work and they have great investment called the cloud of witnesses working inside their own seed. Working inside their own genealogy of their spirit being, of their new creature that has multiplied from spirit to spirit by the preaching of the gospel. Amen. This is how seed time and harvest remain forever. It remains forever. Which means the work done by the new creature can't be destroyed by hell. Someone pick it up out of the air. That's what impartation is. Someone sowed it. Someone pioneered it. Someone released it to you. That's how the kingdom works. It all comes from God, but God distributes it as gifts to all of his creatures, to all of his angels, to all of his sons and daughters. Every single person gets gifts from God and you sow it and reap it in others, which manifests God through men and women's spirits. And that's how the kingdom comes. That's the blue. The blue that conquers the gray, the spirit that conquers the soul, is the multiplication of the giftings of God out of human spirits. You just feel the the immaturity. Be like, giftings? No, everything from God's a gift. The glory's a gift. The river's a gift. In the river's all the gifts of the spirit constantly manifesting. The issue is the soul losing control of the river, which we need discipleship in. If you're not manifesting the gifts of the Spirit, you're not walking in the Spirit because the Spirit is the gift. He's the giver. They'll come out of you automatically. And there should be training in them. We do get better at them because you're in God for God and the gifts of the Spirit glorify God as long as they're used in the blue, in the Spirit. If they're used in the soul, yeah, of course it's witchcraft and sorcery. People using stuff for self. That's what the fallen angels did. Fallen angels just took everything they could from God to use it for themselves. So how many all know human beings do the exact same thing? Everything's come from God. The Bible says everything's come from God. There ain't a single thing in this world that hasn't come from God. The issue is, do you give God the glory and use it for God? Have you learned to use it in the river? There was all kinds of wonderful giftings and and men and women in Israel in the days of John the Baptist and Jesus, but the only ones that did anything with it were the ones that got into the river and became disciples of the river. Listen, nobody followed John unless they were in the river. No one followed Jesus, which means no one got saved in in the first century in the new covenant of John the Baptist and Jesus Christ in that day unless they got into the water. No one. No one in the first century. It was all about getting out of control to to the river, losing your soul to the river, 
which is what discipleship is. That's why there's so few disciples. Give me mentorship. Mentorship is the sad, sorry excuse where I can cling and retain control to my soul and not actually lose control. It's just fear-based. It's nonsense. In America, you have mentorship. In Jesus Christ's day, you had disciples and apostles. You wonder why we don't have the same power. We don't have the same surrender. We don't have the same vulnerability. Or you have a corruption of the leadership positions and it's an abuse of power, so everyone's afraid to yield. If you yield to the river in you, fear is conquered. Perfect love drives out fear. If you know the river of life as the person of the Holy Spirit, you have nothing to fear. If you don't know the river of life as the person of the Holy Spirit, you're in fear because you're outside of God under the judgment of the fallen angels who are fear angels. These are angels of fear. The atmosphere of hell is fear. The atmosphere of heaven is faith. Amen. Amen. So when you're in faith, you're in heaven. And it's the faith of God that drives out the fallen angels. By the finger of God, we drive out demons. Then the kingdom of faith has come upon you. You know what faith is? Knowledge and how the living waters perform miracles. You know what faith is? How the living waters build up your spirit and crucify your brains and kill Satan in your brain cells and kill Satan in your blood and everything in there that is self-effort, striving, and strange fire, giving it to the living water for God to glorify you. It's a yieldedness to the living water that's the glorification of the soul. You know how a soul lives in glory? It's crucified by the light. Not crucified by pain and sorrow and suffering. Not crucified by the religious spirit. Because the religious spirit will crucify you. And you have pain and suffering. And you think you're a martyr. You think you have great rewards that persecute me. It's actually self-pity. It's a form of pride. Because when you're in the rewards of the Lamb for the spirit of glory, you have the joy of the Lord like Paul and Silas in prison rejoicing and breaking down prison walls. Which means rejoice always. There is no external affliction in which can steal your joy if you're in faith. Rock solid faith is a superseding power of natural circumstances. <laughs> Meaning the world can't manipulate you at all. That's why they get martyred. Real martyrdom is because nothing externally can shut down your internal rock-solid divinity. The last resort of the enemy, they, we have to kill them. Because they won't change. They won't budge. It's called the Holy Ghost stubbornness. It's a loyalty to the river of life. It's very rare. You don't even have to look for it because you probably won't find it in the world yet. But it's coming at people that are rock solid loyal to the living water as God himself. You know what the pearl great price is? Last time I checked, pearl only exists underwater. It's a loyalty to the water gospel. Selling the field is selling the dry place. Selling the ability of the natural realm is all the dryness of the soul and its selfishness and the soul's abilities in the world. That's what you're selling to buy gold for eyes that see. You're selling your naturality for riverinity. You're selling dry for liquid. And it's a trading. Trade your sorrow for joy. Times of mourning for dancing. Being sad, sorry, sick, pitiful, blind, naked, and mentally ill for being Christ incarnate. 
Amen. Like an army of happy Jesuses born of his seed line. Born of Jesus, growing up as Jesus. We've been born of Jesus. We got a little revelation in salvation. We need revelation in growing up salvation to be a bigger Jesus on the inside. When Jesus gets to be about 12 years old on the inside and your brain can look at him inside your spirit, you've come to a place of maturity God can put government on you. That's what government is. It's 12. At 12, he's at the temple. Temple confounding the wisdom of the wise. Destroying the 72-year-olds with their intellectualism. Smiting them as a child of God. The inner man smiting the outer man. That's how the kingdom advances by the maturing of your spirit and your spirit standing up to religious stupidity on the outside. Everyone who developed their spirit tormented the religious in their generation. Isaiah tormented Israel. Jeremiah tormented Israel. John the Baptist tortured the Pharisees when they came down to the water. He called them snakes. You think splashing water on your snake skins is going to save you? Nothing will save you, he said. John the Baptist, the spirit of Elijah, nothing will save you from going to hell, is what he said. Nothing will save you from going to hell. Everything you've developed in the natural realm, in the synagogue structure, in the church system is going to drag you into hell, is what John the Baptist said in the Bible. He was brutal. Jesus whipped them, turned over tables, destroyed their economy, called them the children of the devil, whitewashed tombs. All the manifest rage and wrath of the Lamb in the Bible was toward religion in buildings made by human hands. At the temple, in the synagogue, that's where he raged. Everywhere else, it was just peace, like hippie Jesus. Hippie Jesus all the time. And then it's like Vietnam vet, Marine Corps Jesus around religious people. Like he's just anal. It's true. Yeah, he had the Uranus anointing. Anal retentive Jesus versus hippie Jesus. That's what Paul says. All things to all people and hopes of saving some. How was he trying to save the religious people? Through total annihilation of everything they thought they knew. And the way that's coming through is in the deep blue. In me and you. We are going to drown every expression of Christianity on earth. Especially the ones you viewers think is good. You got ideas, they're going to drown too. I got ideas. I look forward to drowning my own. I love practicing what I preach because it just means more crystal sea every day. When you're a drinker, everything from God is a blessing. I haven't established or built anything in my life except for what the Spirit has built, so I got nothing to lose. We're in the most dangerous position you can possibly be in. Nothing to lose. The Spirit of God has had His way with me for 23 years, and I still don't care. And it's the best it's ever been in the glory. This is what the Spirit of God said to me as I'm driving to Joel's bar tonight. He says, you let the living waters build living water, a house of living water, which is Mount Zion. If the living water has built a house of living water, you're as fortified as it gets in the days of Noah because you're saved through water. 
if you are new to the living water, a lot of you have to press the reset button. And that's why people tune into this and there's no gray matter or gray area in this ministry. It's like you get into the water or you're dead or you're not even a Christian. That's what we say because that's biblical. You get into the living water, get out of the sand, get out of the soul, get out of the gray, get into the blue, let the blue build, tear down everything else, build on the solid rock, and the shifting sand just gets blasted away every day, and you become something in the living water. You become your eternal destiny. Your new creature is all that remains, living in the pearl, living in the sapphire sea, sailing around in the blue whale. The throne is on the great waters. You're in heaven, you're encouraged, you're building, you go from glory to glory, which is water to water, different amounts, different densities, different concentrations, different brightness. The water is the glory of God. Going from glory to glory is water to water, which is more and more ability of the renewed mind to operate this vessel as a water temple. Maturity is just living as Ezekiel 47 water temple. In humility, even recognizing your size. Guppy ministries. Amen. In numbers, we're like a minnow. It's a great place to be. Just a little minnow in the great big sea of everyone else. When we are weak, he is strong. Not about looking big on the outside, about in the invisible realm, God the Father is big on the inside. When he wants to reveal and work and do, he can do anything he wants. No plans. You come into a place, I don't have plans. I don't have plans for my future. God the Father does. That's why, that's what I tell you every day, and it's all floods. His plans for the future is destroy and drown everything. And so whatever the Father wants to do, I'm just following Him. And it's looking pretty bad for the unbeliever. <laughs> but for those that like the living water and become aquatic, the aquasphere of Enoch, and learn how to live and drink and grow gills, which is live in heaven, it's going to be awesome. You know, for a fish, the days of Noah weren't so bad. Yeah. <laughs> now, I've always wanted to check out all this dry land. Now I can swim right over it. <laughs> Swimming over the trees. When you were an aquatic creature in the days of Noah, you just conquered everything. I, yeah. The cream of the crop. If you're not an aquatic creature in these days, it's the worst time to be a land creature. That's where all the judgment is, the dry place. And land creature symbolizes man's ability, soul's control, religion. You know what the enemy, you know why the floods came? Floods came, I'm sure it came a little bit because of the watchers taking wives and all that and producing Nephilim and eating people like Attack on Titans. Earth was like Attack on Titans in those days. Giants in the land. The men of renown. I'm sure of the Nephilim because we deal with their spirits every single day. The burial, they have the burial grounds in Minnesota and Ohio and Smithsonian. It's not conspiracy. I've read it in the Star Tribune. They unearthed a giant in Minnesota. It was written in like the 1935 Minneapolis Star Tribune. They've unearthed a 35-foot skeleton out of a burial mound as they were transporting it 
they were intercepted by federal police or something and the skeleton disappeared and they said they stored them all in the basement of the smithsonian that's where they ended up going i mean it's all real i mean conspiracy theory can't even begin to imagine how crazy it is when fallen angels begin corrupting humanity i mean i'm sure it's true and then some like science fiction can't even go as far in its own imagination to reality of what we've dealt with with the fall of satan and his angels what they want you to think is everything's okay it's just human normality and they just keep it all hidden in the invisible world but we're going to expose it so it's going to get weirder and weirder it's already pretty weird out there the things that the sons and daughters of satan are doing it's exposing the fallen angels they've never been more revealed than now and they're going to get fully revealed apostle paul one of my favorite verses and then in that day the hearts of all men shall be revealed heart means spirit so all the evil spirits will be revealed i'm looking forward to it we've been dealing with them our whole life i don't mind looking at that stuff i consider that stuff my trophy room this is like open safari yeah i want like billiard rooms like ace ventura pet detective you go into the safari room and you look around and it's like the heads of all the demons you know what i look forward to this this would bring me great joy the head of jezebel on the wall yeah yep in the trophy room the heads of principalities in those walls. Well, that'll really piss them off. I hope you guys got the armor got on. <laughs> yeah, watch the numbers. If we don't hear from you in the next two weeks, that one got him. Oh, that's it. Full out war against the prophets. Well, the blood of all the prophets is on her anyway. Now it's time for the prophets to make her a stuffed animal on the wall. It's true. You know, Elijah on the mountain, when you're in full confidence of the abilities of Christ, is mocking your enemies, holding them in supreme contempt. Not this honor of your enemies, like we're afraid of our principality enemies. When you're in the living water, your boldness, what does the Bible say? My righteous one is as bold as a lion. What is righteousness? Righteousness is practicing the river of life through your soul. That's why righteousness in Enoch is called the fountain. <laughs> Surrounding a person that practices Holy Ghost spirituality. Real spirituality. Every other spirituality is fake and counterfeit because all demons are spirits. So you can get into spirituality just become the most deceived idiot in the whole world. And most people do. But if you get into the Holy Ghost, you become the most revelatory, wise, fiery, passionate person. You're not taken advantage of, so it's not false love, like the demons love producing in America. You become exceedingly wise where they can't even speak over you. Because you have God in you. They're talking to God. God can't be lied to. Ask Ananias and Sapphira. God can't be deceived. God can't be tempted. The Bible says God's in you. Are you deceived, tempted? Well, God needs to rise in your heart. That's the answer to everything, is letting God rise here, in the flesh and blood dimension, out of your spirit flows rivers of God. But of this he spoke of what? The Holy Spirit. The answer to salvation is more Holy Spirit. 
One of the greatest revelations you ever receive if you're Pentecostal is you just got a down payment. You need more of the Holy Spirit. You're, there's always more of the Holy Ghost. You can always have more glory. You can the spirit of glory, the spirit of prophecy, the the Holy Ghost will always increase and intensify through your heart. There's no end to God. And most of us are just getting started in the Holy Spirit. You've been speaking in tongues 40 years, talk to us in 40 million years. You seriously, we're just getting started walking in the Spirit. Our biggest problem is we get into theology, become know-it-alls, and get stubborn to not let the Holy Spirit increase. We let our souls increase. We need to let our souls decrease and let the Holy Spirit out of our innermost being, which is your spirit now, increase. In the Holy Spirit, it's peace-loving. The Holy Spirit's wise. The Holy Spirit is amazing. The Holy Spirit's God. So what we're looking for, what's the fruit of the Holy Spirit? Evidence that the inner man's controlled by the Holy Spirit. That it's the Holy Spirit and you're not a bunch of demons. Most people got a bunch of demons. You need the, a bunch of the Holy Ghost to deal with your demons, clean you up, clean you out first, turn that main manger into a mansion. It, he comes into the manger which means he comes into the de demonic manure pile of your soul. Every human soul is a demonic manure pile, especially the ones that think they're right with God. They're the worst. Every single soul is a demonic manure pile, and Jesus is born in the midst of the demonic manure pile of the human soul, born in the manger. That's what manger represents in prophetics. And he will turn the manger into a mansion if you just constantly yield. Let him change your heart constantly. Most people grow to a place in God where they say no. Or I'm not going to let you change that. It's a place where you've perfected out of your mind from the external realm, which is a stronghold. The stronghold has roots in the brain that goes down right into the blood of your heart. And that's why you're not teachable. Because you have a stronghold in your brain. The strongholds only come down with a lot of water. Days of Noah. What are the days of Noah for? Religious strongholds. We need our religious strongholds, all of us. And if you don't have any, pour your water on us and help your brothers out. But I'm sure you got some. Because there is so much water needed to baptize our souls. Our minds are thirsty. Our hearts are thirsty. I have no divinity, no salvation in my soul except the river. Let it flow. Let the river flow. Let salvation come like a river. Let salvation be known as a liquid substance drunk of the Holy Ghost. The river of the person of the Holy Spirit. And it gets wider and wider. He keeps showing me how it starts up in the northern part of Minnesota, the Itasca Lakes, and the Mississippi, which is Ojibwe for the Holy Spirit River, flows all the way through North America and ends up, by the time it gets to New Orleans, it's a mile wide. You can't even see the other side. That's when the river is flowing all the way up through your soul. And your soul is just glorified by knowledge of the river within your spirit. This is when your soul has fun in the glory every day. 
You don't have problems anymore. You just have rivers of goodness and glory and blessing and favor and prosperity. A glorified personality. The excellence of Daniel. The purity of John. All the attributes of the prophets and the apostles are in the river imparted into your spirit and flowing through your soul. You know, the climax of the ages is the maturity of all the mantlings of all the men and women of God of all time. Because that's what the wisdom of the body of everyone who's walked in the Holy Spirit for the last 6,000 years and it's coming into a maturity in your spirit. All you got to do is get you off of it. Our only blockage is ourself on top of all the kingdom already in you. We think we come like God has anointed me to be a prophet to the nations. God has given me a mega ministry. I'm the next Benny Hinn. And I, and I believe it. It's, there's no doubt in my heart that many of you have impartations to be like Benny Hinn even greater. The issue is getting over yourself and letting Christ be that thing through the crucified soul. So once you give gifts to men, they're often distracted just looking at the shiny gift. I'm so special. Now, once you give gift, you need humility to go with it and activation in the crucifixion. Unless that gift falls to the ground and dies, it cannot be used from God. No fruitfulness will come from any gift until it's given back to the giver, which is yielding to the river. Give a river. Amen. If you use it in the soul, you're never in God control. But if you die with it into the spirit, then he'll rear it. Hallelujah. And that's not Uranus. That's an old-fashioned term for raising a child. You have to rear them. Train up the child in which they should go. So when they're older, amen. They don't end up in a huge manure pile of religion. And the false pleasure of rebellion, which is where a lot of them go, the prodigals, because of religion and not finding pleasure in the spirit, and you're created for pleasure, they go into sin. I did. Because demons blocked me from going into heaven. And Catholic teaching, going to Catholic school as a kid, it's like, there, there is no impartation of spiritual wisdom to live in the glory. And you're just created to live in the pleasure of His glory in the Garden of Eden. And if you're not taught how as a child, train a child in the way you should go. I think the way you should go is back into heaven. So if you're not taught how to go into heaven with the teachings of the gospel of the glory of the happy God, you're going to go into hell. You're going to go into demons. And so everyone goes into demons and goes into hell and gets totally screwed up by the enemy. But now, God's going to clean it all up by those who've gone into heaven. And we've gone into heaven by great grace. Great grace is upon us all. That His Spirit has constantly and angelically helped us to steer us into heaven, even though the enemies tried to kill us our whole lives with stupidity. 
but you've learned because you want heaven, you're looking for God, you want the truth, you're not going to settle for shallow answers, you're not going to settle for mud puddles of the enemy, you want the river of life, you want the garden of Eden, you want the ocean of God's love, you want to live with the Father and know the Father face to face, the Father has put a desire in your heart to know Him face to face. That's what's drawn us into a deeper place in Christ. We're here because we want to know the Father more. I'm not okay with charismatic religion. I'm not okay with Bible study on Wednesday and celebration on Sunday. We don't have time for church-age Christianity. We need to live in a flood 24-7 in heaven. 24-7 in the Garden of Eden, walking with the Father in the coolness of the day. And if we do go to church, it's just a perpetuation of the constant practicing of the presence of God. And everyone in that church is going to come into the cloud that I live in all the time. You live as a cloud. Who are these that fly along like doves, like clouds to their nests? They're ones who have fully awakened to the kingdom of heaven within them. There's no off switch. This is the place of rock solidness of coming in to the glory in a greater maturity where your spirit is always in union with the Father's glory with total dominion over the soul. It starts by an acknowledgement of yielding the soul, your natural senses, to your spirit, which is faith, an acknowledgement and confession of faith by which you are saved. Confess with your mouth that your soul needs to yield to your spirit and you shall be saved. Which means I need an invisible Savior, the Holy Ghost, to save me from myself because I'm blind and I'm lost and I need God to help me out here. Psalms 12.1 Help, Lord! Help! Amen. It's a great prayer. A lot of glory on that prayer. Psalms 12. Help! Oh my God! The people are perishing. Help. Have you seen what the FBI is doing, Lord Jesus? Help. Oh, my God, Hunter Biden. Oh, Jesus. Look at these Luciferian death cults. They're gone crazy. Ha, ha, ha. I think it's funny. Yep, and he does help. You know, he helps with, with joy. Get over the seriousness of what the demon's doing in Egypt in the dry place. He's been given dirt. You gonna watch him build with his dirt? You gonna watch him move dirt around? No, we're gonna live in the water and build the water and just drown the dirt. Yeah. Don't be distracted because the enemy knows his time is short. Yeah. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth means keep your eyes in heaven. It's that that verse is so Rhema right now to not be distracted by Fox News, Breitbart, Instagram, or anything you see on the news. The demons are desperate and the demons are bound into dryness. If we get the Christians out of their head, into their spirit, you won't even have bad news on secular news because there won't be secular news anymore. It'll just be good news. Everything will be drowned. There's no secular in the days of Noah when the floods come. It all becomes living water everywhere, so the only thing that the mind can channel and speak is what's flowing in the waters of life. Clearly, we haven't brought that yet, and so our trumpet call, like Noah, as a Noah company, is grow in the water. Grow in the spirit 
and sacrifice the soul. This is where you're at war. First, it's a civil war inside your own soul of blue versus gray. And you'll deal with it every single day. And that's where nearly all of us are at. We're at a place of civil war, internal war. You ain't going to win any external war unless you win this internal war, blue spirit versus gray soul. This is gray matter. Yeah, we choose blue. But on the outside, when the blue comes and you're all blue, because you're all glory, you're all river, you're all Father God formed on the inside, transformed, transfigured of soul as it is written. Now on the outside, you bring all that living water. This is how the river gets out of you. And all the victories of Jesus are only shared with us through living water. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Victory, victory, victory. 2 Corinthians 7.10 God designed us to feel remorse over sin in order to produce repentance that leads to victory. This leaves us with no regrets, but the sorrow of the world works death. Philippians 3.14 I run straight for the divine invitation of reaching the heavenly goal and gaining the victory prize through the anointing of Jesus. We're just going to impart some victory scriptures now. 1 Thessalonians 4.16 For the Lord himself will appear with the declaration of victory, the good report, the understanding of the water that has already conquered Jezebel. You know, you know the worst thing when the prophetic starts wrestling Jezebel. That's when prophets die. You're not called to wrestle the enemy, you're called to drink the victory. Especially at this level of maturity. Just forget about it. You don't, you don't stand a chance. You get into the living water, and the living water not only stands a chance, it's already defeated that stuff. The area where I see most believers losing is because they're trying to help the victories of Jesus because they don't have a revelation of living water. They're trying to add to Christ. Christ is only in this world as the water of life. So if you're not in that water, you're not sharing in victory, and so you're striving for victory. Striving. And so we're just we're kicking against the goads, kicking against the pricks. We're living in the saw. Understand clearly tonight that the victory over everything in the world is already complete and finished. And it is shared with you in the cup of the new covenant. And when you drink it, all those victories are imparted into you by grace. Grace is the victory over Satan. Grace is living water. Grace is the living water. So the dry place is the legalism of the accuser of the brethren. So the words of the enemy are dry and they come against the soul. And what they do is they put a spell on the mind to try to do the thing that you're being accused of, to do the right thing. We want to live for God, we want to be Jesus. And so all this stuff comes on the outside realm. What you have to do, like Nehemiah, pay no attention to anything the demon said. Demon can only lie. There's no truth in any spirit. Any dry place spirit, any dry place word is going to be a lie. I said in my astonishment, all men are liars. Well, the new creature is not a liar. I said in my astonishment, all new creatures are truth speakers. 
the new creature is built up by the spirit of truth. The new creature cannot lie. The Bible says you're born of the incorruptible seed of the word of God that cannot lie. So the new creature only tells the truth. And as it conquers the lying part of you, truth comes out like a river. That's your true nature. That's your glorified personality. That's your confidence before God. More of the new creature, less of the old creature. And where does the new creature come from? He rises in your heart. So what's the old creature? If it needs to rise in your heart, 2 Peter 1.19, the old creature is this old heart. This is the whole old creature right here. Look no further than your own chest cavity in the four chambers of pumping blood. That's the old creature. The new creature has to rise in this old creature, and that's what's transfiguring your souls right now. Amen. And you get the understanding of how to become more than a conqueror. You get the battle strategy of conquering this own gray matter. And you get out of all the accuser of the brethren looking at others, plank and speckitis. Jesus said, you look at the specks in your neighbors with the plank in yours. It's all soulish down syndrome. Because it keeps you down in the dirt, under the snakes. And it's all religion. It's self-righteousness everywhere. You get into living water. You get into the new creature. And you just conquer that pride. You conquer that lust by drinking, not thinking. And don't look at the old part of you while it's being washed away. Look into the new part of you. And the prophetic word comes forth for your mind to look into the new part of you. So you're constantly encouraged. And if you can't look into the newness of the new creature, you need to say some stuff like, Soul, submit to my spirit. Soul, come under my spirit. The living water is Christ in me. And if Christ is for you, who can be against you? I don't know that Christ is for me. <laughs> well, you need to have a drink. Christ doesn't like me. You know, we got all this orphan stuff. You know, it's demon possession. The soul is so deceived, it has all these ideas about God. Remember, the soul fell from God. So everything in the soul is ideas about God that are not true. That's what Revelation deals with. Revelation is the sword of the Spirit annihilating everything in the heart and the mind that's in disagreement with the Holy Ghost, which is everything in there. It's all garbage. It's all manure. You just completely slaughter the whole heart and the whole mind, and then the Spirit comes up, and it's a spirit of truth. A mature spirit being is a being of truth. Born of the incorruptible seed of what? The truth, the word of God. So that when this thing comes up, it is tough. It is rugged. It's a rugged cross. This isn't a gentle, emotional creature. This is tougher than Christ's nails crucified because that's how this thing was formed through the weakness of the human heart. This is not a soft, gentle spirit. This is a spirit that has been through the baptism of death that's stronger than death. Your spirit is stronger than death at birth. Now it's just burning up the death in the heart that's in disagreement. Full of ideas and opinions about God, none of them true. Knowledge of good, your greatest enemy. False revelation, knowledge of good. 
stuff that you're certain came from God, but it's an angel of light every time. And if it came from God, let it die. Unless the seed dies, it can bear no fruit. People, that, you know, you know it's the enemy when they're not willing to give it back to God, and they're just like in control of it. Usually around a spouse or some kind of selfish promise that they're clinging to in their golden calf idolatry. Truth, anyhow. How about we give that to God? He just melts down our golden calf, and then what? Drink it. They were made to drink it. Drink your idols, gone. We drink our idols. Drink your idols in Jesus name the river of life will deteriorate anything you'll have to run from the river if you want to stay selfish and idolatry you won't make it that's why we have such a high turnover rate they don't want to give those idols to God there it's usually a place where it's like if I stay any longer listening to Brandon in this message that golden calf would melt and I'd dissolve into the river and become a real disciple become really loyal to the throne, become a dread champion. And it's at that choosing point with the pressure of selfishness of Jezebel pulls them away to cling to control for the things they want to do in the earth for their own selfishness. That's the main thing destroying people is clinging to their own life. Therefore, they do not overcome the devil. Revelation 12, 11. How do you overcome Satan? By loving not your life unto death. It is written. And by the word of their testimony and the blood of the Lamb. And they're all about the word and they're all about the blood. And they're all about the blood and the water. And they're all about their Father who is the Holy Spirit. A place of maturity where you know the Holy Ghost as your Heavenly Father. So it's not this distant, far off, I hope he adopts me and likes me kind of crap. It's like he's in me. Oh my God, I'm possessed with my Father. Jesus called the Holy Ghost his Father. It's the Father in me doing the works. But he says, out of my belly flowing rivers of the Holy Spirit. So what, Jesus, the Holy Spirit's your Father? That's what he said. Jesus Christ in the Bible called the Holy Ghost his Heavenly Father. Do you know the Holy Ghost is your Heavenly Father? Until you do, you're going to struggle. Because other stuff's going to father you because you're created to be sons and daughters. A mature father or mother in the faith is someone who's so rock solid in sonship and daughterhood of God. Come on. If there's insecurity there, you just never matured in your spirit because you don't know the Holy Ghost as Father. When you do, oh, look out. You have confidence. And it's not pride. It's power. It's authority. It's dominion. It's might. It's wisdom. And it's fire. And it's understanding of living water. And it's a deep compassion for the lost. A compassion that understands the situation. And in the situation that they're in, it's so confusing, you can't give them what they think they need. That's why they misunderstand the gospel for a while. They misunderstand the prophetic for a while. Later on you understand, Jesus said. Because they begin to understand God here as a liquid form, saving us by empowering our spirit against the whole curse of the fall in our flesh. And when the flesh is no longer dependent on the external realm of witchcraft and sorcery and fallen angels of light and becomes totally dependent on Christ in them, the hope and the realization of the glory, they're set free from Babylon. That's the high and lofty mountain over Babylon the Great. Satan will never have a kingdom after this kingdom. This is the last kingdom of the devil. And you're in it right now. And you were chosen and marked by God to be here at the climax of the ages, the maturity of the times, to deal 
at the brink of the collapse of Satan's last kingdom. He's not coming down easily, is he? Yeah, he is. He's coming down easily. Because you're not going to do anything to bring it down. Gideon's 300 is how he comes down. A people that learn how to drink the victories of the water. All the ones striving to tear it down, rallying around the White House, doing all of this kind of conservative stuff that putting tape over their mouths and all this stuff. I mean, God bless them. They have good intentions. They mean well. They're born again. I do not doubt salvation. The issue is that is not days of Noah. That's days of religion. That's days of self-effort and honest to God. It's days of strange fire. Strange fire is the worst thing to get into in the days of Noah because you're right there with the enemy in the dry place and you're not much more powerful even though you got Christ in your spirit. Your consciousness is still in your soul. You haven't gone deeper than your own heart, which means you're stuck in the natural realm. You're giving your angels a lot of work to do to protect you. And sometimes they just can't. If you pick a fight with something that strong, they can't protect you because you're not clothed in the power of the spirit. You're clothed in your own bloodline and you got the wrong blood over the doorpost door so the angel of death can kill you. And that's why they die. The wrong blood's on the doorpost. Ask Egypt and the firstborn of Egypt. You better be, make sure you got the right blood in your forehead which is your doorpost of that temple. And you want to drink it all up. It can't just be a smear, not some blind faith. I played the blood with Crisco over your doorposts. Demons don't care about your physical anointing oil. They care about the physical manifest power of the blood of the lamb by your faith in the Holy Spirit that materializes that blood through the forehead because the whole inside of the cup is filled and overflowing with the blood of Jesus, which is the new wine of the new covenant. And your spirit is the new wineskin. And that's what the wrath of the lamb is. It's his blood through those whose cups overflow through the doorpost. In the days of Exodus of Moses, it was a defense system against the fallen angels, against death, against Pharaoh. In this day, in the new covenant, it's an offense. We're not on the defense. We're overflowing on the offense in the blood of Jesus. This cup is overflowing and you know who it's attacking and harming? Mostly Christians who don't understand Christianity at all because they're taught church and not taught kingdom. They're taught dry pyramid, Egypt, building made by human hand, and they're not taught river, John the Baptist and Jesus Christ. Real Christianity is practically unknown in the world today. Unless you're discipled in the living water, you haven't actually even been exposed to true New Testament Christianity. And you haven't. You think you have, you haven't. New Testament Christianity is fully water all the time. And the water becomes your armor. The water becomes your protection against any dry spirit. When a spirit comes out, a person goes to dry air places. It can't get in if it's filled with living water. If the fountain of the Lamb, the fountain of wisdom, springs up in the seven fountains of the soul, and each fountain, wisdom builds her seven fountains. Proverbs 9.1, seven pillars of seven manifest presences of God, spirit of wisdom and understanding, counsel, might, knowledge, and the fear of the Lord and the spirit of the Lord shining through your heart like the full gush of heaven's rush. And it comes on the outside and the fountains on the outside, seven torches before his throne. You know, that is a description of the very 
beginning of the river of life. That's the source, the headwaters of the great spirit river is the seven torches before Jesus Christ's throne in Revelation chapter 4. And that same place is the mark of the high calling for your souls, for your minds to be built up in the living water, to be seated with Christ on his throne, for the overcomer will sit with me on my throne. It is written, and they shall dash the nations to pieces like pottery. They will rule them with an iron scepter, and I will give them the morning star. You know, the morning star is given... Revelation chapter 2 to the overcomers of Jezebel, which means soulish spirituality. The light of the soul is what you overcome to get the light of the spirit, which is the bright morning star. And it's wielded in your angel. And it can be seven stars in your right hand, depending on how much you've overcome. Jesus has seven stars in his right hand. The light of the world. I'm the light of the world. While I'm with you, I'm the light of all men. I'm going to go to my Father. You are going to be the light of all men. You are going to be the city on a hill. You're not going to be put under a bushel, but that's what bewitchment is, is putting the spirit under the soul. So we need spirit burning through the soul. All preaching and teaching of the river of fire needs to cut through the light of the soul. The soul is full of false light. Beware that the light in you is not actually darkness, Jesus Christ said. This is where you're attacking. This is the civil war. Most of you are not mature enough to fight externally. You'll get beat the hell out of. You get sick. You get destroyed. You get car accidents. It's terrible problems. You need to win this internal battle and get sanctified and lifted up by the river of life and fully clothed in the river of life, knowing the Holy Ghost as your father on the mountaintop. And from the mountaintop, you come from victories from above. They said of Elijah, he goes from mountaintop to mountaintop. We can't even predict where he's going to be. He's always in the high place. Mount Carmel, Mount this, Mount that, Mount Hebron, Mount all these mountains. He goes from mountaintop mountaintop and a chariot of fire. He's always in the high place. That's the prophetic. You need to get built up by the prophetic to be always above and not below. Because only in that place and elevation are you going to have victories even in the waters of life over any spiritual enemy in the world. If you're from below praying against things above you, you've already lost. You're just praying, tear down the strongholds. And God's saying, get into the river. Get your soul under your spirit and descend in the resurrection. Luke chapter 20, children of the resurrection, they are the angel-like. Why angel-like? Because they know how to ascend and descend with the angels. They're not stuck on earth anymore. Their spirit has grown wings by receiving revelations. And if you're on the earth, find a good shepherd, find a good people group that love God that can cover you in your infancy because you're going to need it. Just don't separate yourself from believers when you're young in the Lord. It's the worst thing you can do. You're not going to make it. Guaranteed. You're gone. So if you take a, a young, any kind of animal in the realm of the natural and you separate it from the herd in their infancy, they're always eaten by predators, aren't they? They're guaranteed gone ducks, wolves, lions, bear cubs, anything. If they don't hang out with the more mature ones in the realm of the natural, they're dead. They're eaten as food. 
That's the food source for all the animals in the garden. So you have to be around the herd of ones that have matured of your breed, of your type. In this case, the new creature in Christ. And if you're not, you ain't going to make it. You're already eaten. You're in the wrong belly, in the belly of the red dragon. Got to cut open the belly of the red dragon and escape out of that slimy dragon serpent belly. You're in the wrong belly. You need to get into the belly of God the Father where all the glory is and the fiery stones and we walk amongst the fiery stones and each stone is a love letter to our soul growing in revelations of divine love walking on fiery coals eating fiery coals growing in the fire of divine love every day a feast is prepared for us and we've learned to live in that glory realm and eat the father's word and drink the father's spirit that's the safe place. That's where the Feast of the Marriage Supper of the Lamb is. It's inside the Father. It don't get any better than that. That's the promised land. In God. Father's heart is the promised land. And you get there by faith, by eating the right food. Luke 15, they're eating the wrong food. They're both in hell. One in rebellious hell, one in religious hell. Satan kicking both their butts. And the, they're prescribed the same thing. Come back home and eat better food. They were eating food for their soul. Knowledge of evil producing rebellion. Knowledge of good producing religion. They began to eat revelations of divine love producing heaven in the spirit, maturing their spirit so they don't go to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil again and die. They stop dying. This is the generation that stops dying because we stop eating from that tree, which is soulish knowledge. Soulish knowledge. Like university systems that are going to drown. That's going to be one of the best things. You'll never have to worry about student debt in the kingdom age. You won't have to worry about crime or disease or the common cold either. But this is how you pioneer it. Bring your spirit up through your heart. Your spirit's loaded with all those abilities of the kingdom age. The priests lead the way, just like in the Exodus. They carry the ark, they lead the way. And they're in the river for everyone to cross over into Zion, everyone to cross over into the Promised Land. So we're the priests carrying the ark, leading people into the Promised Land of a greater glory, an understanding of the living water, an understanding of the covenant and what's been granted to the human spirit from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ to conquer all the soulishness and confusion of Babylon the Great. A time is coming and will soon be here where there's no confusion of what Christianity is. It'll be an expression of the living waters. Habakkuk 2.14 will be fulfilled in this generation. This generation is predestined, foreordained to flood everything. And if you get it in your spirit, you can pioneer it in the realm of the natural wherever you are. You can bear fruit wherever your physical body is. You're more than a conqueror of wherever you are. As long as you have Christ in you and you're growing in a greater living water on the inside, you'll flood the outside while you sanctify the inside. It will come out and there will be justice on the outside because you brought justice against your own sins on the inside. You want to see justice executed and vengeance from the Lord upon the wicked? Deal with your own heart and you'll see it automatically and it usually looks like mercy. It usually doesn't come like smiting Ananias and Sapphira. That's like one in a million. It usually comes with God just giving him a hug and them melting and crying and get the Kleenex boxes. If I see Pharisees melt. They talk a big game online. All these 
websites and stuff, just tons of people hating on us for 15 years. I invited him to Joel's bar one time. Just absolute pharisaical haters hating the drunken glory. I invited him to come from Crown College, true story. This was like 2009 or something. First year at Joel's bar. They came in. There was so much love in this place. There was it was wonderful, and all of them hugged me at the end. It was, the Pharisees got nothing. When you walk in love like that, and you're really, really walking deep in the river, it don't matter how religiously deceived they are. They melt like wax before the presence of the Lord. And the ones that really have hardened their hearts that don't want God at all and just love the devil, they can't even get through the angels. You see them outside, I'm scared to get out of the car. We see they just drive off. Because they the intentions of their heart were judged from a distance. When people drive up from around the country with bad intentions in their heart, the angelic judgment seat and the throne of the angels judges them looking at the intentions of their heart from a long range and shooting fiery darts not of the evil one, but of the Holy One of Israel. Proceeding out of his right hand comes forked lightning towards all the thoughts of wickedness against God's anointed one. And we live in God's anointed one. And we represent God's anointed one accurately. So he protects us, honors us, and blesses us in every direction every day as we continuously go from glory to glory to glory to glory. Victory to victory in the anointing. Hallelujah. Glory to God. <laughs> Amen. You know, I think we need to read the end of the book just to encourage you guys. This would be the Passion Translation. 2222, flowing through you, the river of God's great blue. And just remember... He's turning you all the way blue in the living water through the gray of the heart and the gray of the mind. So perfection and transformation of soul is the blue in your spiritual stomach rising up and conquering and transforming the gray in the heart and the gray in the brain. All blue. That's the remnant. That's the bride of Christ. All blue. The spirit and the bride say, come and drink because she's turned all blue. There's no more gray in her. Then the angel showed me the river. Let the angel show you the river of the water of life in your belly, flowing with water clear as crystal, continuously pouring out from the throne of God and the Lamb. The river was flowing in the middle of the street of the city, and on either side of the river was the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit according to each month of the year. The leaves of the tree of life are for the healing of the nations. And every curse will be broken and no longer exist, for the throne of God and of the Lamb will be there in the city. His loving servants will serve Him. That's you. They will see constantly his face. Just totally blissed out all the time. <laughs> the drunkards and the gluttons will see his face. And his name will be on their foreheads. Perfectly renewed minds. It's your conscience that has conquered your conscience. 
Say that five times fast. Oh man, that's bad. Your conscience conquers your conscience. Woo! That's t- taken me a lifetime to learn that right there. That's 24 years in that one sentence. They will see constantly his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. Night will be no more. They will never need the light of the sun or a lamp because the Lord God will shine on them and they will reign as kings forever and ever. (laughs) Then the angel said to me, These words are entirely trustworthy and true, for the Lord, the God of the spirits of the prophets, has sent his angel to show his loving servants what must occur swiftly. Behold, I am coming quickly. Wonderfully blessed is the one who carefully guards the words of the prophecy of this book. I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. And when I heard and saw it all, I fell face down to worship the messenger who showed me these things. But he said to me, Don't do it! I am but a fellow servant with you and your brothers, the prophets, and with those who cling to the words of this book, worship God. And he said to me, Don't keep secret the prophetic words of this book, for the time is near. Let the evildoers be at their worst. You don't hear that message every day. And the morally filthy continue to be depraved. Wow. (laughs) That's not what they preach in church, is it? Yet the righteous will still do what is right, and the holy will still be holy. I can just see the Lord bringing down the devils with these words. Talking to the devils. Behold, I am coming quickly. Last red letters in the Bible. Behold, I am coming quickly. I bring my reward with me to repay everyone according to their works. I am the Aleph and the Tav, the first and the last, the beginning and the completion. Wonderfully blessed are those who wash their robes white so they can access the tree of life and enter the city of bliss by its open gates. Those not permitted to enter are outside. The malicious hypocrites, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, murderers, idolaters, and every lover of lies. And the Spirit is reminding me here, the word sorcerers refers to drug addicts and alcoholics. I, Jesus, sent my angel to you to give you this testimony, to share with the congregations, I am the bright morning star, both David's spiritual root and his descendant. Come, says the Holy Spirit and the bride in divine duet, Let everyone who hears this duet join them in saying, Come. Let everyone gripped with spiritual thirst say, Come and let everyone who craves the gift of living water come and drink freely. It is my gift to you. Come and see. I testify to everyone who hears the prophetic words of this book. If anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. And if anyone subtracts from the prophetic words of this book, God will remove his portion from the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this book. 
the one who testifies to these things says, Yes, I am coming quickly. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus, Maranatha. May the grace of the Lord Jesus be with all his holy believers. Amen. We'll see you tomorrow.
Take up my bed.